Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy rainy Wednesday afternoons. Raining hard here in South Mississippi. Hope the weather's better where you may be tuned in. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson, First Bank Studio in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Glad you're with us for another edition of the Eagle Hour. Patrick McGee with NOLA.com will be joining us in about 20 minutes. We're scheduled this afternoon to talk to Barry McKnight, who's the play-by-play voice for Troy University, having a little communication trouble right now, but hopefully we'll get Barry on the show here in the next hour. Also going to give away another pair of tickets to this Saturday night's game against Troy and a couple of Eagle Hour t-shirts for you to wear. Luke will have a trivia question a little later in the show. want to congratulate our winner yesterday. Just keep calling. Uh, The phones blew up yesterday, and uh, we're going to take the first caller as the easiest uh, way for us to handle that, and uh, hopefully – uh, you'll win a ticket and some T-shirts this afternoon. So, uh, Luke, uh, raining over here. Well, well, first of all, let me back up and let me thank our good friends at Dickie's Barbecue for sponsoring the show. They're always, uh, always been a partner to us. Always grateful to uh, Justin and his gang. They have great food seven days a week, and it's a great place to uh, cater your tailgate if that's what you're planning to do uh, this weekend when the Golden Eagles host Troy University. Kelly's with me here in the studio. And, Luke, uh, let me start with you. Uh, good football team coming into the Rock this weekend. And you say uh, Jack Duggan has released uh, some changes, perhaps in the lineup for come for Saturday night. Yeah, the, the way that it works is usually we get a copy of uh, game notes early in the week. And then, of course, Will Hall has what he calls Competition Tuesday. So typically late Tuesday, early Wednesday, you get a re-release of those notes. And, uh, you know, there's a – you just look at the depth chart and and see what's been happening. So, uh, a couple couple notes uh, to bring up. Uh, most importantly, at the quarterback position now, there is a and and in the first several releases of these, you will see many of these ors. And what I mean is, it's two guys. One of either might possibly start this week at the quarterback position. It is Trello the third or. Ty Key. So the first time it's been like that, I think a lot of us expect it, you know, Ty to play in that game. Of course, nothing being said. Uh, Trey Lowe on crutches and in a boot last week doesn't look good, you know, possibly for him playing this week. So uh, that is a Trey Lowe or Ty Keys. Uh, at the running back position, uh, heartbreaking yesterday, Darius Mayberry out of Clinton, Mississippi, who uh, who had was showing promise last year, has battled injuries throughout his entire Golden Eagle career. He's out for the year. Will Hall said that yesterday. And so now Frank Gore Jr. as your starter, uh, Dejon Richard, who we saw a lot this last weekend, but true freshman Chandler Pittman, who has played special teams and has played a little wide receiver. He was the quarterback from the McGee Trojans last year, was the 3A State Player of the Year. He is now listed as third on the depth chart at the running back position. 
So possibly expect maybe true freshman Chandler Pittman um, to get some carries on the defensive side of the ball. Avery Hobbes is still listed as uh, the starter at Mike Linebacker with Hayes Maples, so that's an or position. Eric Scott Jr. and Natron Brooks at the right cornerback position. There has been a change at the deep snapper position. T.J. Harvey now second, Justin Hewlett first. And uh, so basically th- those are some some big ones. Um, Antoine Robinson, who was out last week at the wide receiver position, Coach Hall said he had some stitches in his hand, expected to see him play this week. He's a big playmaker. It gives the Golden Eagles more room on the outside. But the biggest note is Trey Lowe or Ty Keys listed as starting quarterback. Chandler Pittman third now on the depth chart at the running back position. All right, well, it's bad news about Mayberry. I had some people asking me, you know, where he was because he had run the ball some in the first game. Do we know what kind of injury has, uh, has sidelined that youngster for the year? I think it's a lower leg injury that really really didn't specify. He ran a lot against South Al late in the uh, in the game. And of course, he fumbled going in there towards the end, and uh, I think it was on his first or his second carry against Grambling when he got in there. He got hurt immediately, and so mm. man, he is. Uh, people remember that that great Clinton High School team. Cam Akers was actually the quarterback. Mayberry was uh, the running back, and those two were a high school backfield tandem. But yeah, it looks like it's a lower leg injury for Mayberry that's going to sideline him for the rest of the year. All right, Barry McKnight is going to join us. I uh, just heard from him. He'll be on the show at one thirty-five. Uh, Patrick McGee next. Well, Kelly changes uh, third weekend of the season and injuries already. Uh, you've lost a running back and potentially a quarterback. And I really, I mean, just logic would dictate to me going back to the point that Luke made. If you're seeing, if you're seeing Trey Lowe in a boot and on crutches, that on the surface would not appear to be an injury that you'd be able to overcome in four days right right so the listing of or or uh is is i think to a degree not showing your complete deck of cards to troy but i would be surprised i would be surprised if ty keys was not was not the starter this saturday night when when the eagles who opened up as an eight and a point eight and a half point underdog at home. At home. Against and a, Troy. Against Troy, but has now that's even gotten worse, Bob. The Eagles are now a 10-point Well, that's probably underdog. in part because of the quarterback injury. Certainly reasonable. Right. And, and look, you know, we, we've said, we said this early on. This Troy team. They don't play. You know, they're pretty tough. They are. They're, they're pretty doggone good. And there's so many Southern Miss ties. You know, Brent Jones used to was the associate athletic director here. And actually, the athletic director he's now, now the athletic director at Troy, right. and of course Jeremy McLean is here from Troy. Jeremy McLean hired Coach Lindsey, who is the head coach at Troy. He hired Will Hall at, at Southern Miss. So there, there's a lot of you know interconnections here going on between these two schools, and the Sun Belt has had its way with Conference USA so far in the head-to-head matchups. The Eagles are looking to try to put one. W so, so the, either way it turns out Saturday night, Jeremy McLean can say, see, I, I hired good hires. I hired the winner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you want to put it hopefully, hopefully we'll be talking about uh, Will, Will Hall in that respect. I don't think he's going to look at it like that. Do you, Luke? <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, and I don't know if you guys saw this last last weekend. It was on posted on the Southern Miss Twitter account, but I think Jeremy McLean actually presented the game ball to Will Hall. 
in the locker room team, you know, got really excited. I, I think it was extra special because it, you know, is marked the first win. But Jeremy, of course, right. you know, that Will's his guy. And it was exciting to see the team get excited about that. And guess who was up in the middle with it, Bob? Lance Ancar, his old center. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great guy. You know, we talk about this a lot. And I, and I don't mean to be Debbie Downer here, fellas. And Kelly, I'll go to you first on this. But. It's an ominous sign when you're into game three and you've lost your quarterback and you've lost your number two running back. It's just not the way you want to start the year. No, and then you've got you've got a team called Alabama that you play next week, and you've heard of them. They've been in all the papers. Yeah. Um, but but I, I think part of the reason – Overrated, I think. <laughs> I think part of the reason Will Hall got the game ball is something that Luke tweeted this past weekend, that with that win over Grambling – Will Hall overtakes Ellis Johnson in the all-time wins list. Yeah, <laughs> I think I could overtake Ellis third, Johnson in the third all-time time. wins list. Third, third time third it's time. happened in the last eleven months, guys. Third <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Somebody has notched another win. You know, well, than Ellis Luke Johnson uh, realizing who you have to play next week. Uh, this is big Saturday night. The Golden Eagles really need to win this game. Uh, you know, with the with the big black dragon sitting on the horizon, coached by Nick Satan. Well, here, yeah. <laughs> here's the problem. Here's the problem. So we talked about this going into the season. We thought there was a, a decent chance for us to come out three and one from this in the first four. If you come out one and three, not good. After the first four, uh, you're looking to possibly lose at Rice. You're probably going to lose to UAB at home. You're probably going to lose to UTSA on the road. You're probably going to lose to Louisiana Tech on the road, which would mean your wins would only be against FIU, North Texas, Middle Tennessee, and UTEP. You might get to five wins. Now, I, I'm not saying the Eagles can't improve, but if you throw that, maybe if, if Trey Lowe's not available, how many weeks will he be out? You're looking at a true freshman quarterback. This might be 1987 all over again. I'm just saying it. the the – Chances of it happening are are less than that. So you gotta you gotta start two and two because when you hit conference play at one and three, it could get ugly. But it also it also with with all the momentum and the fan base still being fired up. You know, you had Adam Doliak, who, by the way, if he's listening, I'm sure somebody will get the word to him. He was fantastic on Saturday, and thank him and his band for doing everything they had to do to pull off that show, which, look, he didn't have to do, right? But he made the effort, and it was it was terrific. By the way, they have located the truck and all their equipment. Good. So it looks like they're going to get all, all that back, and, and we certainly hope that he that's He got the, it back. I, I believe he actually yeah. said earlier today that everything was back in, in tow. Let's see, just a little earlier today... Yeah, Doliak said that they not only recovered their gear, they were able to recover more stolen gear. So he wasn't the only guy that that was hit. So good. yeah, good to good that Adam got all his stuff back. But I'm saying with all of this stuff going on and the prom nights are playing this coming Saturday, with all this momentum with the fan base, you want to keep it going. You don't need to give fickle Southern Miss fans a reason to stay home. All right, 601-264-5185. 601-264-5185. Get your dialing fingers ready. Luke doesn't know what that means, dialing fingers, but I'm old enough to remember that. Luke is going to have a trivia question for you here in the next few minutes. We're going to give away a pair of tickets to the Troy game, two Eagle Hour t-shirts for you to wear. We hope you win. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, trivia question of the day coming up at the bottom of this segment, uh, 601-264-5185, if you want to compete for those tickets and T-shirts. And uh, we want to thank our good friends at Campus Bookmart at campusbookmart.net for sponsoring the Eagle Hour. We love Miss Kathleen and her crew, and we hope that's where you'll go this weekend to get your Southern Miss swag before the Troy football game. All right, we're going to switch gears. Barry McKnight from Troy's coming on the show a little later, but we've got our bud Patrick McGee down in New Orleans right now. And uh, Patrick, I know you and Luke uh, don't mind talking about this, but I got to tell you, I don't think the New Orleans Saints are missing Drew Brees too much, and I think this new quarterback has uh, has sent a message to the league that the Saints are a dynamic football team that everybody's really going to have to contend with. Yeah, uh, Brees was kind of joking about how you know, this is what the Saints have been missing, that kind of deep pass. But, I mean, shoot, you know, you, you can't really argue with that logic. I mean, uh, you know, you've got – you know, it, it, Jameis didn't really let go. He only – he didn't throw that many passes, didn't throw for many yards. Uh, but whenever he did pass, he made it count. And he's going to have, have defenses really thinking differently going up against the Saints offense. I mean, they did all that without Michael Thomas. Yeah, and they and, did that uh, against a really yeah. good team too. It, was, it wasn't like they beat you know Washington or Cincinnati. Uh, hey, they no. beat the Packers. Hey, <laughs> yeah, I mean the Packers are you know a good team. They've had a weird off season, and maybe that kind of spilled over a little bit for them. But uh, defensively, you know, the, uh, on offense, the Saints really—you could tell—they've got a lot left in them. There's some bigger games ahead for them. Uh, uh, defensively, you have to be really pleased about the Saints as well. So. Uh, Saints fans are feeling themselves this week, but shoot, you know, a year ago, I, I think the final score of the Tampa game was thirty-eight to three in the in the Saints' favor after Week One. So, a lot of football to be played, but uh, there's different different things that other teams have to worry about now when they're playing the Saints. But I want to bring up a tweet that you actually put out, Patrick. You said it, it was a very short tweet, I believe, but something to the effect of, "But they gave Taysom Hill all the money." <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> well, it was. It, it, yeah, there's that obsession for, from some folks about the the ridiculous looking contract they gave Taysom Hill, but the back end of it's all voidable. Uh, Patrick, uh, you with us, Patrick? Uh-oh. Yeah, Patrick, you there? All right, guys, let me re- let me reconnect with Patrick uh, while you guys continue the conversation. Let me. Uh... Go ahead, Kelly. Yeah, yeah, yeah Kelly. To uh, to to what he just said, and that's why people. That's why you have to read the fine print of contracts. It, they're just playing with monopoly money with Taysom Hill's contract. The entire back end of it, where all the big money comes in, it's voidable, and it was just a, you know, it was just a way they could have put five trillion dollars on it and made it the biggest contract ever. He was never going to get paid that much. Yeah, but they've they've locked down Lattimore now with the largest. Uh cornerback uh, contract in history with, I think, $68 million guaranteed, which makes Lattimore the highest-paid cornerback in the history of the league. So the Saints, they're, they're not afraid to be spending money, that's for sure. Uh, Patrick's back with us. Patrick, uh, the guys are saying that the, the, the Hills contract's a little misleading. That, uh, right, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, all, basically, the back-end money's all, void, all voidable. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of dumb when it comes to these NFL contracts and how they make it work for the Saints or Wizards. Uh, when it comes to getting under the uh, the cap and all that, and that's that's really what all this comes down to. That's what the Taysom Hill contract was about: was working with the cap. And they just they I don't know how they do it, but man, they know the rule book on everything they have to do to 
get this thing done. And I, and I know Luke's got some questions, but my question, Patrick, and I hear this from all the fantasy football guys, what happened to Will Lutz? A lot of guys drafted Will Lutz thinking he was going to be the place kicker. Yeah, just go all the way to the back. Sorry about that. That's all right. Yeah, uh, the, uh, the Will Lutz, he's banged up right now. Aldrick Rosas, he was a practice squad guy, and then they they moved him over there just so they could add another guy to the roster. And uh, but yeah, uh, Lutz will be back eventually. But I, I you know he's kind of a question mark. But if Roses, who's got very strong, got a very strong leg, uh, he's just inconsistent at times. Uh, that he's just kind of the the, the stopgap at the moment. Patrick, is it safe to say Blue is not happy with the movers at the house today? <laughs> no, he is. He he hates that they're moving all his stuff around, and he, you know he doesn't get to get out and boss everybody around, tell them what to do. Hey. All right, Luke, get in here. Patrick, a couple questions for me. Keep on the injury front. What's the latest on Marcus Lattimore and Marcus Davenport? Uh, Lattimore, it sounds like it's going to be kind of a week-to-week thing. He's going to have surgery on the thumb. He had to, came out with that, that cast on his wrist. Uh, but he's, uh, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's going to be okay. Uh, you hope, hope it's just a short-term thing. As far as, as, far as Davenport right now, I – I, I, I've kind of I, I haven't checked in the last twelve to twenty four hours. I've been in the process of movement, so I don't have the very latest on that. But man, Davenport is he ever going to you know stay healthy? I mean, yeah. it's, it's just really really getting tough for the Saints. Marshawn Lattimore made me feel good. He had a cast and he was uh, at a gimpy leg, and he still shut down the Packers receiving course. So I was happy to see that. Were you more surprised with Winston's performance? And again, the five touchdowns stick out to you, but he only threw twenty passes. Kind of unique right. for Sean Payton offense. Were you more surprised at his performance or the defense? You know, I, I was really, uh, you know. Coming into preseason preparations, I was a little bit worried about the defense and how everything was going to stack up. But with the moves they made, they're late uh, adding Roby from uh, through a trade from the Texans, and he'll be available this week uh, for the first time. Uh, Trufant was out there as well. I really like the way they kind of figured out the secondary, especially the cornerback position. So coming in the way you know, uh, uh, the, a lot of the guys played in, in preseason. I was really encouraged with the way the defense was looking, so I wasn't really all that surprised about that. I mean, the way they shut him down to that degree, yeah, maybe. But uh, Jameis Winston is just always going to be a, you know, it's going to be entertaining just to watch him from week to week. I mean, he's got that potential to do what he did last week, but he's also got the potential to turn around and throw three or four interceptions. Uh, so it, it, I'm just kind of waiting and seeing with Winston. I wasn't really surprised what he did, but he's always been capable of doing big things. And within this system, if they can kind of rein him in in terms of, you know, not taking chances, that's where he becomes a special quarterback and limits those interceptions and at the same time is able to take chances down the field and beat some guys. So I want to, you know, are, are, the, are the Saints, and it is the first game, mind you, but are the Saints going to be that good? Are the Packers going to be that bad or a little bit of both? No, I, I think the Saints showed that they're going to be a good team this year. The Packers are going to be fine eventually. Uh, unless things kind of start to uh, pull apart there in that locker room, which is a possibility, uh, with everything that Aaron Rodgers went through, and and uh, it's 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 you know as long as they can kind of turn around quickly, they'll be fine. But if this drags on for four or five weeks, it's going to be a rough season for the Packers. Well, of course, Patrick, the uh, the 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 biggest thing the Saints have to overcome is in their own division, and they handled Tampa Bay both times they played them last year, but. The Bucks look awfully good. Uh, you know, boy, these, these two games between New Orleans and Tampa should be something to see. Yeah, I think it's going 
and, you know, just the, the storyline of Jameis going up against the Buccaneers, I mean, that, that, those two games this year are going to be nuts. Uh, but the rest of the division, the Falcons, uh, I mean, you know, the Panthers, I'm sure they're fine, whatever. But, I mean, I don't see the Falcons or the Panthers hanging with either the Buccaneers no. or the Saints. No, I, I would, so I, I would it's, agree. It's a, two, it's a two-team division. Now, who do the Saints play coming up, and how tough is the Saints' schedule this year, Patrick? Uh, Panthers, uh, this week, it's a game they should win. Uh, you know, Sam Darnold's now the quarterback with the, 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 the Panthers. I mean, but the Saints always play a tough schedule. If you go back through the, uh, the way everything's kind of stacked up the last few years, I, I can't really tell you a big picture on where things are at the moment. But in terms of division, like we just talked about, you would expect four wins on the schedule when they're playing either the Falcons or the Panthers. Uh, this game this weekend is one I think the Saints should win. Uh, I don't. I I just don't see the Panthers being able to go out and hang with the Saints. Well, not only that, but but you hear you hear people too just say who have seen the Atlanta Falcons have just said this team is dreadful. That yeah, Atlanta is. I mean, I just I can't imagine why they're, they have, they're always dreadful. You know, they're the Falcons. <laughs> no, but I mean, talent wise, this yeah. year, yeah, and, yeah, they're not good at all. Yeah, and yeah. Patrick on on the Southern Miss front, what do you think of the Trey Low injury? Uh well, you know, I. I it's 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 tough for him because it's going to really kind of stymie whatever momentum he had going early last week. You hope he can kind of get back and get healthy. Uh, but you know, uh, Tyke's a young, talented guy, but still a lot to learn. He was able to kind of hurt him a little bit with the legs last last week. But is he going to be able to be a a competent passer over the stretch of the next four or five games? Uh, if he's you know say he's forced into a situation like that, that's going to be tough sledding. But uh, they do do need low back. I mean, Keys is a long-term project. He's not really an answer this season. So uh, the sooner they can get low back and get him get, getting his confidence going, it, it's better for the team. All right, Patrick, we appreciate you very much, man. We know you're moving. Uh, go take care of Blue. We look forward to having you back on the show next week. Thanks, buddy. All right, thanks, guys. All right, Patrick McGee moving into New Orleans. All right, Luke, let's do it. 601-264-5185. First caller to answer this trivia question. We'll get two tickets to Saturday night's game against Troy and a couple of T-shirts. Uh, should you choose to wear them and represent the Eagle Hour, we would be grateful. Uh, what you got today, uh, Luke? Let's stick on the wide receiver front. And, and to honor Kelly's 1-0 Cincinnati Bengals, Wide receiver Mike Thomas was drafted in which round of the 2016 NFL Draft? Mike Thomas was drafted in which round of the 2016 NFL Draft? 601-264-5185. Eagle Hour continues right after this. To the top. Back on a rainy day Wednesday as tropical storm weather moves throughout the state of Mississippi. Hope you stay dry and safe. 
Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Bob's football team. And we're kind of confused whether or not he's going to become a Raiders bandwagon fan. Uh, but but the, the, the Redskins, or the former Redskins, the football team of Washington, plays tomorrow night. You can watch them on 4th Street Bar and Grill. Maybe a Bob Getty sighting. You never know. But 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. We want to... Uh, Congratulate Tracy Williams of Laurel, our trivia question winner. Mike Thomas was selected in the sixth round of the 2016 NFL Draft in his sixth season with the Cincinnati Bengals. Mike Thomas probably had the greatest uh, receiving uh, season in Southern Miss history back in 2015, 14 touchdowns and 1,391 receiving yards. But he went round six in the NFL Draft. Tracy Williams of Laurel, congratulations for being the trivia question winner. And uh, what did they win, Bob, again? I got two tickets to the Troy game uh, Saturday night, two Eagle Hour t-shirts to wear. So uh, we're happy to happy to provide that for Tracy Williams. We appreciate, uh, we appreciate everybody uh, that called in. All right, Luke, uh, we've got a guest we've been looking forward to talking to today. And yes, I am painfully Still a Redskin fan. My father inflicted this on me, and it's not a curable disease. Uh, Barry McKnight is the play-by-play voice for Troy University, entering his 20th year in that job. And so, Barry, welcome to the show. You've seen a lot of Southern Miss Troy football in 20 years, haven't you? I sure have. I've seen I've seen bowl games before where uh, an overtime field goal uh, proved to be the difference. I've seen... You know, a rain-soaked game in Hattiesburg when Neil Brown brought his Troy team over there and Nick Mullins underthrew a pass in the end zone of the final horn and Troy escaped with a victory there. A lot of different contexts, a lot of different venues, but they've always been really good football games, no question. You know, we had a, we had a guy from South Al on the show a couple of weeks ago, and I made this point. I'm sure you'll agree. You look at Troy, you look at South Alabama, uh, you look at, uh, of course, uh, UAB, there's an awful lot of good football that's played in Alabama outside of Alabama and Auburn. There really is. And, you know, because this is such a football-rich state, you know, there's a, there's a lot to go around, specifically Detroit's situation, geographics. Uh, geography really helps us. The city of Troy is in what we call the Wiregrass. We're about maybe 50 miles, 55 miles away from the Florida Panhandle. Lots of players there. We're about 35 or 40 miles away from South Georgia. A lot of players there. And, of course, uh, East and, and South Alabama. So, you know, there's a lot of good football players all the way around. We can cast our net, you know, uh, from Atlanta to Birmingham to you know, to the again, Pensacola and Tallahassee and around there. And you can find football players without having to go really all that far to our from our little rural campus in southeastern Alabama. Uh, well, here's what we hear. We hear that uh, Troy's going to come in here, a tough-nosed, physical football team, uh, kind of in the tradition that in past years we've seen in Southern Miss, but just kind of a blue-collar, tough, hit-you-in-the-mouth football team. Well, there's some experience there uh, as well. You know, the, the toughness really starts on defense, where there's a lot of guys who have, um, you know, have kind of grown up together. When Chip Lindsey first got the job, the defense three years ago, we had, I want to think, a combination of 23 different defensive starters at any one point during the season to uh, this year. they've um, It's a very solid defense. It's a very tough defense. It's a very quick defense, and it's all 
predicated around the front seven. So, yeah, control the run, put pressure on the quarterback. Last week in that close loss here against Liberty, Troy ended up in that game uh, with nine tackles for loss. So, yeah, they'll get after you. Uh, very physical, try to control the run game, and um, a lot of takeaways, too, giving the ball back to the offense in good field position. All right, Luke? Barry, talk talk about a guy. We were talking about him uh, off air. Will Cholo, uh, four sacks or, or four tackles for loss, two and a half sacks. Right. And I was just kind of amazed by the Troy defense because you're dealing with Malik Willis. He's probably going to be a, a high first round pick next year. We played against him last year. Can run and throw. Kind of reminds people of maybe a, a little Mike Vick. But you guys corralled him pretty good, and, and Cholo had his day with Malik Willis. Yeah, Cholo is hes an interesting story, and you're right about Malik. You know, if you, if you want to boil down that loss to Liberty here to its essence, it basically it's because Liberty had Malik Willis, and, and he was the best player on the field, and it wasn't even really all that close. That guy's the truth. But Troy, you know, rushed the passer. Uh, Cholo had a great day, but he's very disciplined. You know, he, he doesn't get out of his lane. He doesn't over-pursue, so a lot of the – the, the flush-out lanes that, that Willis takes advantage of uh, were not there. He still did enough to win the football game, but Cholo's an interesting guy in that he's a 285-pound D-tackle. He's an interior defensive lineman, and every offensive lineman he goes up against is bigger than he is. So he's, a, he's great with leverage. He, he's extremely quick for his size, which is really where he earns his scholarship money is his quickness and his first step. But and he's also one of those experienced, tough-nosed guys. Uh, you look on the Troy defense at two keys personnel-wise. Cholo is definitely one of them. And the other one is the middle linebacker, Carlton Marshall, who's the other defensive captain, who's the same way. Small but quick, great instincts, great leverage, and makes just about every play you can possibly make. You, uh, I mentioned at the beginning of this segment about Mike Thomas, and he had that great season when Chip Lindsey was the offensive coordinator at Southern Miss in 2015. In the third year, uh, through the first couple games, how has Chip Lindsey's offense evolved, and, and what has it shown in the first uh, two, two games of the season? Well, the first game, it, it, it didn't show much. It was a 55-3 win over Southern, kept the, you know, led on most of it. It was the first start at quarterback for the Missouri transfer named Taylor Powell, and it all looked efficient, but none of it was really exotic. Last week against uh, Liberty, uh, it was a little bit troubling because the, the commitment has been there this year, at least that's the talk in the offseason, to really kind of stress the importance of the run game. Well, Troy didn't run the football well at all against Liberty for whatever reason, which is which is surprising because Troy's got an experienced offensive line, and they have got a couple of dynamic running backs, including a second-year freshman named Kamani Vidal, who I think is going to be a star in the Sunbelt Conference. So, you know, what I saw from uh, from Troy in the first two games, the good, you know, they, they did really well against an outman Southern team but had a hard time getting separation from the wide receivers against Liberty and just could not get any semblance of a ground game going. And, and that's something that will probably be germane on Saturday night because I, I promise you, whatever else happens, I can guarantee you, Troy is going to recommit itself to running the football against Southern Miss. Barry, this is Kelly Sander in the studio. First of all, you sound a little like Marv Albert. I like it. All right, but but that but that voice you've got too. I can imagine you coming home from work, honey. I am home. Well, <laughs> once for dinner. So, and, 
Any, sometimes, uh, sometimes I feel more like Fat Albert, but you know, it's, <laughs> no, uh, I, I'll take Marv Albert absolutely. Hey, I was talking to several Southern Miss fans about the importance of this game, not only to keep any momentum that Southern Miss has going, but strictly mm-hmm. from a recruitment battle. You talked about the Panhandle of Florida, which Southern Miss used to dominate before South Al even had a football program, and before mm-hmm. the emergence of Troy. So, talk about the significance of this game from a recruiting standpoint and going after some of those athletes in the panhandle, among other places there. Well, among other places, you know, you bring up recruiting battles, and there are some, to be sure. But I remember one a couple of years ago. Um, I want to say it was the, the final year when Neil Brown was here at Troy. There was a guy that Troy absolutely, absolutely thought they were getting on signing day, and he flipped right at the last minute. His name's Jalen Adams, <laughs> and he ended up torching us two years later in that uh, – I guess it was 48-45 Southern Miss win here in Troy. Um, so, and, and he's just one example, and he was a game changer. Uh, but there's a lot of those down here. Look, uh, you know, Troy is, is not going to go head-to-head against Auburn and Alabama for a recruit. Um, they're going to have to go after a guy who are, or two who are a couple of inches too short, a couple of pounds too light, you know, whose measurables aren't exactly SEC level. And those are a lot of the same guys that Southern Miss uh, ends up signing and developing into into good football players. So, yeah, this is a big one there in that regard. But also, bear in mind this, Troy has got a lot of connections to Southern Miss. Chip Lindsey, you mentioned he was, the, he was the coordinator there. John Carr uh, was on the Southern Miss staff. I sit across the uh, press box or across the uh, coach's box from Cole Weeks who's our running backs coach, who, you know, who was at Southern Miss and, and played there. Uh, Dane Brown and David Duggan and, uh, heck, even Jeremy McLean, the AD, who I think the world of. There's a lot of connections between these two programs, a lot of familiarity between these two. And, yeah, if you can go to, uh, to Southern Miss and win that game, if you're Troy particularly, knock on wood, if you can win it convincingly, I have to suspect that goes a long way in the in the mm, top of the mind awareness of uh, recruits all over this area. All right, Barry, we really appreciate your time. Always a pleasure to have you on our program, and uh, we go hope you guys have a safe trip over here and a good stay in Hattiesburg. And uh, thank you very much for your time, sir. We appreciate it. Thanks very much. All right, Barry McKnight, everybody, play-by-play voice for the Troy Trojans. They're coming to the Rock Saturday night. Want to congratulate Tracy Williams of Laurel. Today's winner. We'll do some more ticket giveaways tomorrow. And the Eagle Hour will wrap up right after this. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on this Wednesday brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training. You know where they are on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Online, DBATHattiesburg.com. An absolutely huge way for men's golf to open the season. They finished third as a team over at the Jim Rivers Intercollegiate. But the Golden Eagles put two, two golfers in the top ten, including senior Hunter Atkins from West Point, Mississippi. 
He uh, he finished second overall, second in the entire tournament. The lowest score of lowest fifty four score of his career. He shot two oh seven. Um, Robbie Ladder um, came in 44th place, so the Golden Eagles put three inside the top 50, and the Golden Eagles finished third as a team. Great start for Coach Brescher and uh, the crew. Now, we always talk about um, you know golf being uh, kind of the, the secret sport where, where you should have played. They will, uh, guys, head this weekend or, or beginning over the weekend, but they'll start Monday, to the Husky Invitational in Bremerton, Washington. To play wow. golf for three days, guys. Wow. That is uh that that that's where you, you got it made. They're but clearly anyway, the smartest athletes, right? The golf guys look they're they're clearly the smartest, right? Absolutely. Hunter Atkins, number two, he finished second. Eagles as a team finished third. Congratulations to them. Luke, Bob, and Kelly from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. And, and just going back to a couple things, I, you know, at the beginning of every, every week, I scroll down and just kind of see the Southern Miss connections. We had talked about Chimp Lindsay. We talked about Brent Jones. But, guys, I didn't realize, and in, in, um, in previous segment it was mentioned, I didn't realize that Dave Duggan was the recruiting coordinator. And, of course, that's a name that you Golden Eagle fans know for uh, for. Coach Fedora's first three years, from 2008 to 2010, Dave Duggan was the linebacker coach, and then he was the co-defensive coordinator in the 2011 season where we won the conference. Then he came back after spending one season um, at North Carolina with Fedora. He came back and was Todd Munkin's uh, uh, defensive coordinator from 2013 to 2015, just recently finished up as a defensive coordinator in Arkansas. He's there. And then uh, Cole Weeks, if you remember back to – Late in the season in 2014, Weeks had to start two games as a Southern Miss quarterback and uh, threw for almost 800 yards in those games. He then coached in 2016 at Jones College. He was at Auburn, and now he is the running back coach at, at Troy. So, guys, I mean, this is it. I mean, wh- what more can you say about the, the relational ties in this game? Well, here's another tie. Brent Jones, who's been on this show many times, who was the uh, one of the associate athletic directors here for a long time, in charge of game experience and media and that sort of thing is one of the reasons we had him on a lot. He's now the AD at Troy. So, uh, yeah, man, I mean, this is like homecoming for a I lot think of he guys. replaced Jeremy McClain, didn't he? I'm not sure that he go there directly yeah. as the AD or not. That I'm not sure. But, man, there are a lot of ties, and uh, it's going to be interesting for sure. A couple of other notes from college football today. Sorry, Mississippi State fans, you will not be allowed to take your cowbells into the Liberty Bowl against Memphis, thank you very much, uh, this weekend. No artificial noisemakers is what they're saying, but you know what the underlying meaning of that is. No cowboys, uh, no cowbells, rather, for Mississippi State fans. And Eric Bieniemy, an assistant coach with the Kansas City Chiefs, appears to be an emerging candidate as the head coach at the University of Southern California. It's been rumored the last couple of years that Biennemi was on the top of a lot of NFL lists but didn't get any of those jobs. He is from Southern California and is known as a great football mind, so we'll see if Eric Biennemi winds up indeed being a prime candidate to succeed Coach Helton there at the University of Southern California in the Big 12. And for God's sakes, help Pac-12. me, Luke. Uh, Kelly wanders in the building today and – He's he's showing me things on his phone that has all the undefeated teams in the NFL after one game. And, of course, the Bengals are there. So, please, tone him down. Give him a reality check, if you will, Luke. There's still time uh, for them to go one and – actually, they would go one in 16 this year. They could. With 17 regular season games. 
So, yeah, it's, it's still an opportunity on the table for uh, the Bengals to snatch uh, many victories or many defeats, I should say, right. from well, the Bengals of victory. Perhaps, but they're playing at Chicago this Sunday, so that means there's a 25% chance they could go 2-0. Well, let me give you six quick losses. <laughs> two times you play Cleveland, two times you play Baltimore, two times you play Pittsburgh. All right, we'll give you those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, real quick, um, just just to, to clarify, yeah, uh, Brent Jones was did go to Troy right after Jeremy McLean. Okay. So as the AD, uh, one one came to Hattiesburg, one left. From Hattiesburg, yes, I got you. Well, Brent's a great guy. He was uh, he was always really kind about coming on the show. So I'm sure that uh, I'm sure he's pretty excited. Well, tomorrow, guys, we're going to talk a little volleyball. We've got the head volleyball coach, Miss Radeski, is going to be on the show tomorrow. And they're off to a pretty good start, aren't they, Luke? Yeah, they uh, had a great first weekend. Had a tough last weekend. Of course, South Alabama was involved in that. So anytime oh, of our well, of our uh, Ke- Kelly's virtual gaming video gaming Southern Miss team could probably get beat in Madden by South Alabama. But yeah, that's just the way it goes. So yeah, excited to hear from uh, from them tomorrow. And and guess what? There's a football team playing tomorrow night who will not be involved in the picks. So right. we might throw the Raiders in the picks on Friday since they're Bob's new team. Yes, the Redskins tomorrow night, Kelly. You want to see a really co- a Super Bowl contender? That's it tomorrow night. Oh yeah, Washington and Cincinnati. You can bet that. <laughs> Fitz, <laughs> Fitz Magic phased out, Bob. He's done after week one. The magic didn't last but two quarters. No <laughs> rabbit in that hat. That's exactly right. <laughs> so it goes. And sewage dumped on some of the uh, fans, which I thought was very a sign of things to I, come. I thought it was just pretty prophetic. You know, huh? Yeah, pretty prophetic for the Redskins franchise. Prophetic and pathetic at the yeah. same time. Back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Till then, Southern Miss. To the top, baby. To the top. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.